Welcome to The Landscape, your show about America's parks and public lands. I'm Aaron Weiss at the Center for Western Priorities in Denver. And I'm Kate Gretzinger in Salt Lake City, Utah. On the show today, we've got what it's going to take to win the West in 2022. We'll take a deep dive into new polling across four Western swing states, where we asked voters about everything from gas prices to national monuments. Pollster Lindsay Vermeyen is here to walk us through the numbers. But first, let's do the news. The Biden administration released its long-awaited environmental review of the proposed Willow oil and gas project in Alaska. And it is a mess. This is a massive development proposal that ConocoPhillips wants to build on the North Slope. The Trump administration approved the project. That approval was thrown out by a judge because it didn't fully analyze the greenhouse gas impacts of the project. So the Biden administration went back and said, yep, this thing will release around 280 million metric tons of carbon over a 30-year period. Now, the official document didn't indicate whether the Bureau of Land Management is leaning one way or another, but what's really weird is that the first version of the review they posted did have a preferred alternative, one that would still release all that carbon, but with a slightly smaller physical footprint. Conservation groups, even ones that are usually supportive of the Biden administration, were not happy about this. Christy Goldfuss, who was the chair of the White House Council on Environmental Quality under President Obama and is now at the Center for American Progress, tweeted that she was totally furious. Using lots of capital letters, she added that Willow would be a hub for oil drilling for decades in a place that climate change is rapidly melting. So what is going on here? Why would the Biden administration, which claims to have strong climate goals, be playing footsie with a project that everyone agrees would be a massive step in the wrong direction and slow down America's transition to renewable energy? The Washington Post took a swing at explaining that this week. And the answer, sadly, but maybe not surprisingly, appears to be Joe Manchin. The White House keeps opening the door to projects like this that would make climate change worse in hopes that the senator from West Virginia comes to the table on a climate package that would, as a whole, make things better. Now, of course, there is no indication that Manchin is actually on board with any climate legislation. And these projects couldn't get guaranteed in a budget reconciliation bill anyway, which is how they'd have to pass climate legislation at this point. So any quid pro quo with Manchin would have to be either implied or promised under the table. Now, it is no secret that I am a big Joe Manchin skeptic. I think that he is always going to be Lucy holding the football, and Joe Biden is destined to be Charlie Brown over and over again trying to kick a field goal when he really just needs to take his ball and go home, where the president has the power to actually get things done with executive action. And that is enough of my soapbox for this episode. For the last three election cycles, the Center for Western Priorities has has been looking at what it takes for candidates to win in Western states. It's a campaign we call Winning the West, and the centerpiece is a public poll of voters in swing states to understand their priorities when it comes to the outdoors, energy, and public lands, and how elected officials can reach these key outdoor voters. This year, pollster Lindsay Vermeyen with Benenson Strategy Group led our polling, which we just released this week. Lindsay. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much. Happy to be here. And we're joined today by our executive director here at the Center for Western Priorities, Jennifer Rokola. Jen, thanks for being here. Uh, Thanks, Kate. Great to be here. So, Lindsay, before we dive into the poll, set the stage for us. Who did you survey and where were they? 
Sure. So we talked with 2011, likely 2022 voters in uh, some Western states, Arizona, Colorado, New Mexico, and Nevada. Uh, we talked to these voters online um, and made sure that the sample was weighed to be representative of the group that we expect to be likely 2022 voters in each state. In the past, we've seen voters say, both in the within the West Pole and other polls, that conservation and public lands issues are very important then. But obviously this year we have massive inflation. We have a Supreme Court that is rapidly reshaping the country. Does conservation still move the needle with voters? You know, it does. Um, inflation is undoubtedly the top challenge that people are facing right now and the top thing that leaders need to be addressing. But conservation is still in the top five issues for nearly one in three voters. And the impacts of our efforts for conservation, particularly when it comes to wildfires, droughts, etc., are in fact in the top uh, five issues for more than half of voters. Now, I know that one of the things that campaign managers and politicians like to look at is trusted voices, who voters think of favorably or unfavorably. And it turns out that folks really do do love their parks and their park rangers. They do. Uh, nearly universally, in fact. 87% of likely voters in the West are favorable to the National Park Service. And that's consistent across demographics and partisanship. Um, about the same for their state parks and wildlife departments, and 8 in 10 for the U.S. Forest Service, too. Um, even conservation groups, you might be pleased to hear, more than 7 in 10 are favorable to them. Well, Jen, I'm, I'm sure you're happy to, to hear that, but there's also quite a contrast there when you ask about oil and gas companies. Well, right. And I think this is really consistent with uh, previous Winning the West polls that uh, voters uh, do not look favorably on oil and gas companies and coal companies. So really the the trusted voices are the ones that Lindsay just mentioned. It's always interesting to look at what elected officials in D.C. get right and wrong about voters in the West. If you listen to Western voters, what are they saying they care about? Sure. Voters in the West are clear that they don't think leaders are paying enough attention to the issues affecting life in the West. Water shortages and drought being really big ones um, across the board, wildfires, fire mitigation, even land use are all mentioned from voters across parties. And can I, and this is Jen, can I add on this? What struck me about that is that there's a lot of bipartisan mm -hmm. uh, agreement on those issues uh, when it comes to uh, issues affecting communities in the West. Absolutely. We heard these things from voters across parties. That really gets at what voters expect when it comes to policy actions. So what should candidates be saying about issues like drought, wildfire, and conservation? Sure. Voters are really looking for leaders to take bold actions to meet their environmental priorities and concerns. We had 91% of voters in the West agree, and 61% of them strongly agree, that leaders need to plan more for severe droughts and wildfires. We had 81% agree that states in the West need better options for clean energy to suit their unique climate and landscapes. Uh, nearly 8 in 10 agree the effects of climate change are fundamentally changing life in the West. Uh, and nearly the same amount are concerned about the effects of climate change, like severe droughts and wildfires on our public lands in particular. I think it's safe to say that gas prices are one of the elephants in the room for this election. I thought it was interesting, even with gas prices as high as they are, 
Western voters didn't seem to want to put oil drilling ahead of public lands protection. They're they able to, to draw that distinction. Yeah, they are able to draw that distinction. Uh, 75% of voters are concerned that oil and mining companies, huge foreign-owned corporations and developers are making record profits off America's land and not paying their fair share for the damage that they do to it. When we give voters the choice between two viewpoints, one that emphasizes how current times are taught, have taught us that we need to prioritize renewables to meet our needs without the boom and bust sources of energy, or one that emphasizes how we need all available options and to increase oil and gas drilling, nearly six in 10 agree we need to prioritize renewables over increasing oil and gas drilling. So all of that would seem to align pretty strongly with what we have seen from the Biden administration so far. Obviously, the four of us pay pretty close attention to what the White House is doing on conservation. But is that getting through to voters right now? It's not. Uh, there are certainly messages in here that the president should pay attention to, but fewer than half of voters have heard anything about the administration's effort to protect and conserve public lands and parks. And just one in 10 so that they say that they've heard a lot. But when you actually explain programs like America the Beautiful and the 30 by 30 goal to protect 30% of the U.S. by 2030, what kind of support did you find? Yeah, we found that three in four voters in the West approve of the America the Beautiful initiative. Um, many support the accomplishments that the administration has already made. More than 80% support uh, the restoration of the Bears Ears and Grand Staircase Escalante National Monuments. And, and that was bipartisan. As much as we, we've seen folks try to use that as a wedge issue of some sort, there does not seem to be a, a massive partisan divide. Yes, that's true. Um, we saw across the board that uh, voters supported these issues um, and restoring these national monuments. And Lindsay, what about new national monuments? Do voters want to see more of those from Biden? Certainly. Seven in 10 would be more favorable to the administration if they did more to focus on protecting and conserving public lands. The same number would even support him using his exec executive authority to designate national monuments. And that includes nearly half of Republicans who would support that. And we, we did ask specifically about some monument proposals in uh, in Nevada, in uh, New Mexico, and even potentially Colorado, where we've talked about the CORE Act, Jen, a lot on this podcast before. We have not seen proposals yet to m move that from a legislative proposal into potentially a national monument proposal. Uh, do you think that's notable that voters are ready to see new national monuments, regardless of whether it, it happens via legislation or via the Antiquities Act? Oh, absolutely. I think voters don't care how it gets done, whether it's legislative or through the president's use of the Antiquities Act. They just want to see these places protected for future generations. Yeah, we had eight in 10 Colorado voters supporting more than eight in 10 uh, supporting protection of the core act areas. Put that number in perspective, and you do a lot of polling on all sorts of things, not just conservation. Uh, is there is there a comparison for other things that are 80% support? You know, not much, especially when it's more than 80% support across party. Mm -hmm. That's almost unheard of. That, that, your your gra grandma and apple pie levels there. <laughs> Exactly. Yeah, we would we would call that near universal. <laughs> so just this week, we saw a national poll from The New York Times that showed President Biden was in 
very, very deep trouble with his base. Uh, Jen, do you think this shows a way forward for the Biden administration, at least in the West, maybe nationwide? I think it does. I think President Biden and his team can use this as a roadmap. Um, Now, while voters in the West don't think the administration has done enough to protect public lands, the administration does have a real opportunity to lead on conservation issues. And with strong bipartisan support for the president's America the Beautiful initiative, the administration should look for opportunities to designate new national monuments uh, and connect with voters here in the West. I want to touch on one of my favorite questions in the poll, which is the one about the Western way of life. I believe we asked, is the Western way of life about conserving lands for future generations and providing access for hunting and recreation? um, Or is it about using the lands to make a profit and extract as much as possible? Lindsay, could you tell us about the results of that question? Sure. We had nearly three in four voters saying that the Western way of life should be about protecting public lands, water, and wildlife, making the outdoors available and accessible for all to respectfully share for hunting, fishing, and recreation and pass down to future generations. That was 74% of voters in the West agreed with that. Um, That was consistent across the states that we polled. Um, Even 60% of Republican voters, 73% of independent voters agreed with that. So, Jen, when you look at numbers like that, at bipartisan agreement like that, what do you think the takeaway is for candidates in the West from either party this cycle? Well, I think conservation issues are winning issues, and they are important to voters regardless of political party, whether you're an independent voter, a Republican, or a Democrat. These issues present an opportunity for candidates to connect with voters. And we've seen this over the last few election cycles since we saw the since we launched the Winning the West campaign, that voters want to hear from candidates about their plans for protecting public lands, addressing climate change, transitioning to a clean energy economy. Lindsay, are there other lessons you think the, the Biden administration should be taking away from this poll? I mean, I think the administration and frankly, any candidate looking to win over these voters need to be delivering on pro-outdoor, pro-renewable, pro-conservation policies. I think these are, you know, I would call them easy wins when you have, like you mentioned, support this high for these policies. There's no reason we shouldn't be doing it. Um, And these are these are good ways to get these voters in your pocket. Jen, if you got five minutes in the Oval Office, adjacent to the Oval Office, to uh, to tell tell the president, here's here's the lesson here. Here's the one or two slides from from this deck. The one or two questions you would want the the president to see. What would they be? I would say, take out your pen, use the Antiquities Act, designate uh, a Viquame as a national monument. You know, we didn't poll in Texas, but we know Castor Range has great su- local support. And there's local support here in Colorado for national monument protections. And you you got off on the right foot when you started the America the Beautiful Initiative. Now it's time to act. It's time it's time to keep your promises to the voters. As Lindsay said, it, it's an easy win mm-hmm. anytime you choose to do that. I think that there's some proof of these results in Congress right now. You know, Congress can barely pass anything today, and it seems like they're actually on the way to passing a package that would protect America's wildlife, and that's a bipartisan effort. 
So I think that really shows that what we're talking about here is true. And hopefully politicians are paying attention to that and seeing that getting behind conservation goals can lead to bipartisan success. And, you know, these win-win situations where everyone's happy and the land and wildlife is protected. Kate, I couldn't agree more. I know there are so many candidates, frontline candidates who are looking to keep their seats and show how they can work to get things done in Congress. This is a great way to show that you can get things done. Uh, There's no reason to wait. There's no reason to wait until the end of 2023 to do this. Uh, These things can be done now. All right. Well, if you are a numbers geek like me, we have links to all of this. There's a long slide deck. There's a short slide deck. There's just all the questions and all the data uh, sitting there on the website. uh, And we'll link to that in the show notes. Jen Rokla is the executive director here at the Center for Western Priorities. Lindsay Vermeyen is a senior vice president and pollster at the Benenson Strategy Group. Thank you both so much for walking through this with us today. Thank you, Aaron and Kate. Yeah, thank you. Thanks, Lindsay. And now it's time for some good news. This week, the Interior Department announced it has acquired roughly 38,000 acres in northwest Montana from a private timber company. The land is now part of the National Wildlife Refuge System. The Flathead Beacon reports that the new refuge is rich in wildlife and offers some of the best deer and elk hunting in northwest Montana. The U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service worked with the Trust for Public Land and the Confederated Salish and Kootenai Tribes to close the deal. Ultimately, the Interior Department hopes to acquire more land around the new wildlife refuge to create a 100,000-acre conservation area. And that is all for now. If you have thoughts, questions, or just want to say hi, please email us, podcast at westernpriorities.org, or you can find us both on Twitter. And if you want to dig into the poll results, and I know that you do, check out the link to our Winning the West website in the show notes. Really, go, go read those slide decks. They're great. Thanks so much to Lindsay for her work on the poll and for joining us today. And thank you for listening to The Landscape. The Landscape.